Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Charlie here, and this is episode two of our new series called Is It Worth It, Charlie?, where I sit down and talk to students inside our Retail Ready community about pivotal decisions that they are about to make in their business. Now, for those of you who don't know me or who missed the first episode of my series, uh, my name is Charlie Birkinshaw, and in addition to running my own CPG business, Element Shrub, I also support and coach our Retail Ready students inside our Retail Ready course and community. In today's episode, I will be sitting down with a fellow Retail Ready student, Patricia Beats, co-founder of Delco Spices, to talk about whether or not it's worth it to invest in exhibiting at a trade show. So if this is a decision that you have ever struggled with, I am excited for you to listen in. So with that said, let's find out, Patricia, is it worth it? I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Patricia, welcome. It is so great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So as I said in the, in the introduction, uh, today we are, we're talking about trade shows, whether or not it's worth it for a brand to exhibit at a trade show. Uh, but before we jump into that topic, do you want to uh, just give us a quick introduction to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I'm uh, Patricia Hufstetter Beats. My husband, David, and I uh, founded Delco Spices and More. Uh, we create delicious gourmet popcorn products that destroy boring moving nights and try to bring joy to the lives of popcorn connoisseurs everywhere. Love it. Um, we have uh, our families are deeply uh, rooted in the farming community. And so a lot of these recipes go back multiple generations. Um, we we've been in business for 10 years. Uh, we actually uh, used to have a much broader, I know, a much broader uh, product line. 
And, um, but we've really in the last year or so, we've really focused on the popcorn line because that's really where our passion is at. Great. Love it. Okay. So um, that sounds amazing. I want to go like watch movies at home more and drink, (laughs) eat more popcorn. So um, before we jump into the topic, I'd love to know, um, or at least the, the, the real details, I'd love to know sort of how this sort of topic came to be for you. How did this question come up of whether or not you wanted to do a trade show? I mean, you've been in business for, for 10 years already. So it sounds like, you know, you are a you know, fairly established brand. Like, I guess if I didn't know anything else sort of about you, I might've even expected that like you'd already be doing a bunch of trade shows. So yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it actually, you know, it, it's funny because we've had, we've done a lot of shows where it's more business directly to consumer, um, such as the one of a kind show in Chicago, which is fantastic, where you get to meet a lot of retail customers. Um, but at the time, uh, at the, prior to the pandemic, at the time, we had quite a few shows that had reached out and asked if we wanted to apply uh, the Snacks and Sweets show. We had customers um, who were in the retail space who had suggested, you know, hey, have you thought about showing it fancy food? Um, and honestly, for one reason or another, it always ended up being just that, that we'll tackle that project later, right? We'll, you know, we really grew the business organically. We bootstrapped everything. And we knew that doing a trade show, we wanted to have everything dialed in, but then we started looking into the cost of doing, say, a fancy food show. Yeah. And it's not insignificant. And so, <laughs> um, so that was one of the biggest questions. So when we refocused the company just for the popcorn line, we've been able to ramp up again really quickly, which has been fantastic. And we're just getting to the point now where we're realizing, okay, in order to be able to make this next jump to finding bigger retailers and finding other, you know, clients, in addition to all the guidance that we get through, um, um, through the food biz Whiz, which we love the group, um, is like, how do we do this? Is it even worth the time? Like, is it worth the investment? Because it is an investment to make. 100%. Yeah. And I think it's important to sort of acknowledge here, right, that when we're talking about trade shows, there are sort of two benefits, I guess, that you could get out of it. Uh, maybe different, you, you had mentioned that you had done shows before that are like direct to consumer in a way where people are actually buying things off of your table. Right. And, and that's a, I think that's a very, it's a very different conversation than this because that is a pure, like, I guess it's not completely different. There's still a branding and a marketing awareness perspective to it, but there's also the like, okay, the show costs $500. I need to make at least $500 back in actual sales to determine whether it's worth it. Right. Right. Um, plus all of the expenses. But usually in those shows, there's there's a, a better chance that you like, I don't know, if you have data from other people about how well the show did and you know that those consumers are the ones that are going to you know, be buying your product, it, it, it can be a little bit easier maybe to, to make that decision. Whereas like a trade show and it's business to business, sometimes deals are happening like at the table, but most of the time, you meet the person that you're going to like do a deal with, but it might not happen till 
a couple months later, a couple years later, right? right? Um, So you've got sort of that like marketing brand awareness sort of perspective, right? Is it worth it to do this trade show so that lots of people can try my product and become aware of my brand and, you know, all of that. And then you've got the sort of like the sales and the financial perspective, right? The show is going to cost $10,000 plus travel, plus staff, plus all of that. And, and, you know, three days of time standing up all day, like it's exhausting, (laughs) right? Um, And so, you know, is that worth it to, to go through all of that? And then, you know, for what at the end, right? Right. Um, Okay. So let's, I, I, I'd love to hear, you know, before we like dive into like doing this math problem, right? What, like, what is your, what is your dream scenario? Like, what, what does your dream scenario look like? Let's, let's say you did fancy food or good food mercantile or some of these other trade shows that are coming up. Um, like, what would the dream scenario be? Wow. Um, so the dream scenario would be, you know, we do the fancy, let's say with the fancy food show or the good food mercantile show that's coming up or something like that. Right. And we end up meeting some top because our category is in the pantry category. Yeah. So some top pantry buyer for um, Whole Foods or for actually, I would say more for like fresh market um, you know, sprouts, like a hand, let's say a half a dozen mid-size, you know, gourmet grocery stores that sure. come up and they love our product and they love our packaging and they give us their card and they're immediately saying, you know, look, I, we want to sign you up right now. And like, let's, you know, I want to purchase 10 pallets each, right. You know, and we go back and, dance in, you know, piles of imaginary money and and then don't sleep for, you know, a few weeks to be able to get everything shipped out on time. Right. Um, I mean, that's the, that's, and then have it, have a really success. It's mostly to have a really successful relationship with, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen mid-size, you know, grocery chains, right. That, that would be where it's successful for them, where they're having a lot of, you know, sales of our, of our products and they're reordering steadily, but that that becomes, that's kind of the connection that the show is the way for them to try the product, talk to us, be, you know, sold on our idea and our like vision and then place an order immediately or, or soon after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love that. I would love that to happen every every trade show for sure, right? Um, yeah, and I, I think a couple of things I just want to point out, like you mentioned, uh, you know, sort of these these retailers that are in the natural channel, and and that you know, fancy food was the place to meet those, you know, meet those people, right? And I think, you know, I mean, this this might be a silly thing to sort of acknowledge, but like you seem to understand the channel and the channels where you're going to sell your products. Right. And so before we even figure out, like, is it worth it to do a trade show, like in general, right. Let's also make sure that whatever trade show that we are doing, right. Is aligned with the channels that we're selling into. I mean, it, it seems silly to like acknowledge that, but for example, you know, 
you're saying that you want to focus on the fancy food show as opposed to, let's say, the national restaurant show in Chicago, right? Or the bar convent show in Brooklyn, right? Where, you know, you've got obviously a different market, right? You're not trying to sell to food service and you know already, you've done your research that, you know, fancy food is going to be the place where you're going to meet the retailers that make sense for your brand, right? Right. Um, right. So, so, so there's that, right? And then um, let's, let's talk about bringing that dream, like n- not back to reality, because I would love for that to be, to be the reality. I think, I don't know, based on my experience, you know, going into a trade show cold always, and what, what I mean by cold is, um, when you meaning like you, you haven't already established relationships with these brands yet, um, or, you know, you haven't already sent them samples or you don't like have a distributor lined up or, you know, you don't, you don't understand your pricing or you don't have your marketing materials put together. And I'm not saying that, that you don't have any of these things, but when I think about sort of other other brands in this space that are debating whether or not to do this. And I know with, you know, fancy food coming up that that you know, could be something they're thinking about. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that a trade show is a, is a bad idea if you don't have those things. But my experience is that it, it just it makes that timeline from the end of the trade show to when those buyers are placing the orders much longer, potentially, right? Okay. Um, and so I, I think it, it can certainly help, right, to, to do the trade show and to meet the buyers then. But I, I think just in terms of thinking about your dream and getting these buyers to place orders immediately, right, usually, right, there's some sort of either category review potentially that, that buyers need. And let's say, you know, your show's in June, but your category reviews in November, and you're not set up with that distributor yet, you know, I think that 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 retailer wants to use, for example, right, then you're in a situation where, okay, you've invested $10,000 in this trade show in June, Um, you're getting reset in December, right, Uh, or November, whenever it is, so six months later, almost, and you're having to onboard with that distributor then. And so, the, the sort of payback, right, is not as immediate as sort of those direct-to-consumer trade shows that you've been doing before, right? And so right. I think that's where that's where it can be really difficult to um to sort of determine that like return on investment, right? Like when is this ten thousand dollars going to pay off? Right. Do you um so on fancy food, I know like it's, there's the two, right? There's the one that's the mid-year and then there's the one yep. is that right. It's the one June that's. And, yeah. June. June and, and I mean, it's it usually June and January and the June one is in uh, New York and the January one. January is in the Bay area. Anaheim right? Usually, but I think it was in, it was in Vegas this past. Okay. February. And are there, do you, one of the, one of the things that we, it bits of advice that we had had from much more experienced companies was look, if you're thinking about going to a trade show and showing at a trade show, 
like start planning a year in advance, like go to the trade show, walk the floor. Is that a good advice? I 100% would recommend like walking the floor before you actually do the show. Now, obviously there's a cost associated with, with doing that. But if you're in the industry and you know some people, you might be able to get like a free ticket from somebody. And then, um, and then it's just sort of your flight and hotel and and all of that. But, but, you know, that $500, $1,000 investment, whatever is a 10th of, of what it actually is to, to exhibit. Um, but what I really like doing about that, uh, or one of the reasons I really like doing that is because you get to walk the floor and you get to see, um, see where people are gathering the most, you get to kind of you know, at fancy food and, and most of these trade shows, they have these like, you know, those clear plexiglass cases where you can like exhibit your products. Right. And you're like, yeah, when you haven't been before, it's hard to know, like, should I spend like $400, $800 to like put my product in here? Like how many people are actually going to walk by it? Like, where is, where are, where is it relative to like the main traffic flow? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe you see that that's where everybody goes at the beginning. Right. And so you're like, Oh, okay. Well, if they don't even walk in the floor, maybe they'll at least see my product here. Right. Right. Um, and, and then, and I think it also, one of the other really interesting things that it does is, you know, it tells you how brands are grouped together right? Because uh, different trade shows will do it different different ways. But one of the things I really like about fancy food is that they organize it um, in some cases by state, right? So like the state of Virginia, um, which is where our product lands, right? Um, there's a whole like aisle just dedicated to Virginia products. And one of the things that I really enjoyed and benefited from is sort of the first time you do a trade show, like not being this sort of lone booth on your own, sort of in the middle of the floor where, you know, people just kind of have to walk by you by chance. Right. right. Um, and getting to be part of a, like a greater group. Right. And so whether that's like a lot of the uh, ag departments, um, the state ag departments sort of have their own section. Um, and so I think, if I was a new brand, again, I would encourage uh, brands to look into what their what their state is doing and see if there's a, see if there are one if there's a, a financial opportunity to sort of get a discount. I know a lot of states do that. Um, oh, that's a good that's a good tip. Yeah, and so I think um, and and it also like you get to go in like. It, it's like, you know, when you're a freshman in college or whatever, right? Like you're not just like the new kid that like everybody's a new kid, right? For the the, the brands that are, um, this is a weird analogy, but. No, 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 I get it. It's, you know, because that's, I, I know we were going to talk, I mean, if we're talking about the dream, obviously we're going to talk about the fear, right? But, you know, and even in some shows that we've been in where it's direct to consumer, we've actually, you know, we've been to some. I mean, I, I think every food company, every CPG company has run into this, right? You do holiday shows to be able to do brand awareness and people are shopping for gifts and, you know, that's great. And inevitably, when you start out, you end up at some show that seems like it's going to be great. And you're like the last booth in the corner over by the bathrooms around, you know, in the back, right? you get like four people and you've spent your $250 thinking, oh, I'm going to make tons of money. And then you like, 
end up with blisters on your feet and like absolutely no sales. Yeah. So, you know, I totally get not being the fresh, <laughs> the fresh and going in, you know, in a small, perhaps a smaller space, but still getting the exposure. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, when I was thinking back to, right. Um, you want to attend that trade show if you can in advance. And also, you know, when you see that like booth map, right. That they always give you to say, Hey, which booth do you want? Right. Right. You have no idea. Like, is it worth it to have a corner booth if the corner booth is right next to, you know, this, right. Or maybe like, there's this emerging brand section that like you weren't aware of that didn't like show up on all of the materials that they sent you. Right. And, um, and so if you're an emerging brand, like maybe it makes sense to, to be there and maybe the fees for those booths are not as much as, you know, some other section. Right. Um, and so I highly, I, I guess just to, answer this question. Uh, you know, I really encourage you. I think it's great advice to attend if you can. Um, and, and to just sort of see the space, it, it, it feels like, oh, then I have to wait like a whole nother year to like do the show. Um, but I would say most of the time, like waiting another year is not gonna like really like make or break your product. Right. Um, I mean, it, depending on, obviously there's, there's some, uh, dependencies there, but I think, um, if, if you can attend it, I, I, I definitely would. Okay. So then I guess that really starts getting into the, like the fear, because for us, that is the fear, right? The fear is, I mean, it's making a pretty hefty investment because I mean, just but I mean, we even started looking into how much it would cost to actually get a booth built, like to design a booth. Right. Right. And because we've done our own designs and we can be creative and all this other stuff, but we've also been to, like I said, to some of these direct to consumer where bigger, I'd say bigger brands are starting to show up at some of these because they're realizing they can reach consumers directly. Right. And the booths are beautiful and visual. I mean, people are visual creatures. It tends yeah. to attract and designing, having, finding somebody who could literally build a professional looking 10 by 10 booth is a lot of, it's a lot of money. I mean, it's yes. thousands and thousands of dollars. And then there's the marketing material, which I'm, I, I mean, I, you know, the, I just think, oh my gosh, we're going to, you know, we would spend all this money on printing material and they're going to just put it in their bag and then throw it out when they get home or, yeah, I don't, that the fear is obviously that we would, you know, be placed in a terrible booth, right? Hidden away, get no foot traffic, get absolutely no leads. I had a friend who had a spice company and she went to the natural, the natural foods show on the East coast or on the West coast in Anaheim as part of like a group. And they spent a ton of money on it and it did not, it didn't, it really was a huge waste of money for them. Um, So that's, you know, kind of, that's the fear, let alone, you know, how do you find staff, you know, to help you? Like I, 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 it feels overwhelming, honestly, at a certain point to even pull the trigger on doing this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's definitely like, you know, 
there's the dollar aspect, right? And then there's the emotional and like, uh, like the taxing aspect on like sort of not only like your body during the show because it's exhausting, right? Um, but also, right, like what is, um, when you think about it from the opportunity cost as well, right? Like, okay, let's say you had, let's call it $20,000 to spend on a trade show. If you weren't going to spend $20,000 on a trade show uh, and, you know, what, what would you spend it on to try to get a, I don't know, similar results. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I think just even thinking about that question, right. Of like, Oh, well, I was going to spend this on a trade show. What if I, didn't and invested that money somewhere else, right? <clears throat> I think some brands realize that, oh, okay, well, trade shows is my only option to like do this. But I think, you know, there's other other things that you could sort of explore that, um, you know, whether it's investing more time and money in developing sort of these relationships with the retailers in advance, with the distributors, sending samples, like, you know, doing right. all of that, that is frankly, going to need to be done anyway with, um, with the retailers. Maybe it's like, depending on where you are in the stage of your product, but, you know, if you're thinking about doing like a rebrand, right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that is, is, is the time to do that before the trade show. Right. Or like, if you wait and do it after are the brands that see what the trade show going to say, like, Oh, wait, I want to wait till your new packaging comes out. Right. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, you launch your new packaging, which means, you know, 12 months after your trade show, your product's getting in the door, which again, just goes back to that, like further extending the, like the time the cash went out the door to the time the cash is coming in the door. Right. 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 Um, let me ask you a couple of other kind of quick questions. One is given what's been going on with COVID and so many shows were shut down that are now starting to come back. Are buyers, are buyers still going to shows or is that still an unknown? I, I would say you're right for the last two years, like things have been very quiet, right? But I think the last two shows, I think both Expo West and um, and Fancy Food, uh, I I did not attend either of them or or exhibit at either one. But I heard a lot of really good things that everybody was sort of like coming back together, like buyers were there, brands were there. Uh, people showed up there. The attendance was much higher than expected. Um, and so I, I mean, when I saw those, I just thought, okay, like trade shows are back. Um, and right. it got me excited. Cause I think, you know, they, they are a really fun way for, for brands to reconnect and, um, and to meet buyers because, you know, over the last two years, you might've had a lot of conversation with buyers, but maybe you haven't met them in person. And so, you know, I think even, you know, going into these shows when I was sort of talking about, you know, going in cold, right? Like if you're able to establish some connections with buyers and then, you know, you use the the show as your opportunity to say, hey, like let's meet in person, right? Um, right. And it gives them an opportunity to come by and try your product again and, and meet you in person. I think that's, 
that's really helpful to do that work in advance too, to make sure that, you know, even if you have a great brand and a great product, like it still takes time to, you know, say, say yes from like, okay, here's your product. We need a distributor. And, you know, when you think about too, thinking about your goals of, okay, you need, um, you want to get into these regional grocery stores, right? In the natural channel, I would say 95% of them, right? Are going to ask you to use their preferred distributor, right? right? And so that's going to involve, you know, additional paperwork, additional relationships, right? And all of that. And so, which just means it's going to take a little more time. So if you can, you know, develop those relationships in advance, right? Um, and get yourself in front of those brands before the show, then the show can be sort of that point of like, okay, like we're ready. We're ready to say yes now. Right. Right. And for can I ask you about samples? Yeah. And so there's the sampling that happens at the booth, right. And then there's the samples that people, some companies will send out samples of their product, right. Obviously smaller versions of the retail of retail size. How important are the sampling on site? I totally get that makes yes. perfect sense. This, how important is it to have literally a small sample that potential, you know, potential, you know, there's a lot of booth browsing that I see that's oh, yeah. happening. That's, you know, the, frankly, the family members of the co, you know, employees yep. of that people who are not actually ever going to buy or be in a position to place an order with your company. So how do you, do you end up making sure that you've got take-home samples to give or do you not? I mean, you've got a liquid product. Yeah, I I would say it depends. It depends on the product for sure. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think it also depends on number one, like depending on the size of your brand and your, your marketing budget and all of that, right. You can, you can think about it in, in two ways. One that, you know, every person that comes by your booth is a potential customer, right. Whether it's family or a buyer. Right. And so Mm -hmm. making sure that they are like, everybody is happy no matter what. Right. And if you think about it from that perspective, then, you know, give, give away as much as you want, or, you know, have, have enough to give away and be generous with your, with your samples and, you know, hope that, you know, hope that they will come back and whether they, they love your product as an individual or whether they happen to know somebody that is a buyer, whatever it is, they're going to like put in a good word for you. Right. 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 So, so there's, so there's that, there's that aspect or that is, um, and then the other sort of side of it would be, well, the people that are showing up right in person, they're going to get to try your product at the table. Um, is that extra cost of shipping a bunch of samples, giving them out, you know, to people that may not purchase after the fact? Like, that's a good point, right? I actually. mean, depending on how much you're giving them, right? Like, if you're giving them a sample bag to a consumer, let's call them like the consumers versus the buyers, you know, one like make sure that whatever you give them has is is like a piece of marketing for you right and right. can there be some sort of call to action can there be some sort of like discount to like bring them back to your site to reorder can there be a QR right. code right do do something creative with with those samples to remind right. brands especially you know 
for some brands that may not be able to like brand that sample packaging, right? Maybe it's just like a little muffin in a plastic bag, right? That has no branding on it. Like that to me is sort of a waste because I'm going to walk away with 10,000 things in my, you know, tote, right? And I'm not going to know that that was your brand. Right, right. That's a good point. So, so if you are going to have some samples, make sure that they're, they're branded or that there's, there's something on there that says, this is, this is me, right. And some sort of QR code or something to like, bring them back to your site. If that's not already on there to, to get them to, to purchase again. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. And then the last thing I was going to ask is on for going out of town. um, Most of the shows that we've done have been I mean, we were based in Chicago. We're now based in Indiana. And most of the shows that we've been to that are direct to consumer are within driving distance of our home. So we were always able to either staff it ourselves or bring in family or friends to help us, you know, pop the popcorn and greet the people and, you know, or run the cat, you know, run, you know, the checkout. So when you're, when we're talking about some of these shows, like the Snacks and Sweet show was in Chicago. So that's actually pretty, you know, easily accessible for us being in the middle, but the coastal shows, I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, it's a flight or it's a long drive, you know, it's definitely a drive if you're, you've got, you're bringing your, your booth. Are there services or ways to find people to help like run the booth? as like a temporary employee? Yeah, I yes, I believe Fancy Food does have that um option uh, to sort of like say I need this many people. Um Right. They also have like freight services too, so you know, you don't need to you just pack up your your stuff in a pallet and you ship it and you know, and then they have it ready at your booth. It's not set up, but like right. the pallet's right. there for you to unpack and um, and then repack to ship it back. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so those, those are options. They, they, they do try to make that part as easy for you as possible. Now, obviously there's a cost associated with it. Of course. Um, and then, and then the question about the staffing too is, you know, I don't know, let's say you were going to get your sister and your cousin to come, right. Right. Um, right you could either pay them in popcorn or like pay for their flight and they could hang out in New York for the day. And, you know, they already know you, right. They already know your brand. Whereas right. like you're bringing on this, this new person that you've never met before that you have to train that you don't, that doesn't know anything about your product. Right. So yeah. I'm not saying one or the other is better, but I would just sort of consider the pros and cons of, you know, okay, new staff, I have to pay right. them hourly, right? They don't, they aren't trained on my product. Like as long as I give them a list of tasks to do, like maybe they'll be great. Or right. like, do I pay for a flight and not pay somebody hourly, right? Like, so right. I would just think about it from, from, from that perspective. But I think staffing, staffing is always tough, right? Whether it's, you know, when you're going to do a demo out of town, right? Like, do you go drive three hours yourself to do the demo because you know your product the best, or do you have to hire like a third party to do it for you? And in that case, you know, they don't know the product as well as you do. And so, right. Is it worth it? Right. Right. Um, And speaking of product, the last thing I was going to, I guess the, one of the last things I wanted to ask you was on a, 
obviously on the shows we've done, you know, where it's B2C, we're taking pallets of product, right? Because they are literally buying sure. to take away. Right, right. At a B2B show, right. do you have, do you take product, like full retail size product with you? I mean, I take product to display for sure. Um, And then I would say, depend uh, product to display, product to sample, right? Mm -hmm. And and then a couple extra sort of like fully branded products to give as samples if I have you know buyers that are interested and ask, but but not. I don't go crazy with those. Um, Okay. Okay. And, and again, sense. like going back to sort of your, your question before about, um, you know, should everybody provide samples, you know, when, when it comes to type of product, right. Like you're, you're lucky with, with popcorn in a sense, right. That it's like light and relatively easy to ship without breaking. Whereas, you know, we have glass and like soda and so like explosions or like whatever, right. You just want to be careful and like, realistic about, you know, I don't need to bring a whole palette of soda as a new brand to just give away to everybody. Um, and yeah, but you would have at least a few cases of full size retail packaging for if, if a retail, a potential buyer is asking probably, yeah, a couple cases, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But, but yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. So, yeah, I mean, and so at the end of the day, right, like this, is it worth it question, right? It's a math problem, both from like, okay, how much is the trade show going to cost? Right? How much is the freight going to cost? Uh, how much, you know, is the booth set up going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, add up all of those costs, plus the travel and, and all of that, Um and then, you know, what, what, what are you going to get out of it? Right. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, like best case scenario, right. You establish relationships with all of these retailers without going to the show. Right. Right. And without right. spending that $20,000. Right. And so, right. right. Is it, is, is doing the show like the only way to sort of get yourself in front of these retailers. Right. 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 No, Um, it's a good point. And so, so I think, you know, thinking about that, like that timeline of, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is attend the show in June, right. Let's say. And, and then the next year I'm going to work on, I don't know, building relationships with the distributor or with the retailers that I really want to be in. Right. And then by the time the next year rolls around, right, I could say, okay, great. Like, I'm like, these buyers are about to say yes, right? Like, I don't need to do the show. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. How does, how does that feel? (laughs) It actually feels great because what it, it makes perfect sense to do. I mean, it's, I know that maybe for some brands, the idea is a little disheartening, the idea of like, but it's going to be the biggest opportunity and I have to be there and it's competitive marketplace. But honestly, for me, I see this more as a marathon, not a sprint. And I would much rather have 
you know, do the research and figure out, say, for Sprouts, who which distributor do they use, and then try to get set up with that distributor, make sure the numbers actually work for our business model before even going into, you know what I mean, even before approaching a Sprouts. Um, I mean, honestly, my, I guess the dream now would be have relationships, you know, <laughs> spend the next year you're building relationships. And definitely, I, I agree. I think we need to walk a show. You know, I think we need to walk a floor. But then maybe we go meet at the show <laughs> as opposed to having a booth and just meet the buyers while they're at the show there. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, that's that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to sound cheap, but it's kind of like, if no, we're going to spend that money, I mean, tw- I, I agree. I think we started doing some very, very rough back of the napkin kind of, numbers. And it was, I mean, to do fancy food was going to be somewhere between 15 to $25,000 to do. And it's, that's a lot of money for a small business. And you're right. There's a lot of other, it's like, okay, is, is this really going to pay off? And is this the gamble we want to, we want to take? So honestly, I think our next, the next plan would be sit down. I'll sit down with, um, with David and we'll just start mapping out kind of a six month plan of, okay, so specifically which brands or which channels do we really, really want to be in and start figuring out doing research either on online or through LinkedIn, you know, who are those buyers and who are those distributors and how can we, you know, how can we actually get into those places? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's really really smart. And you know, if you think back to sort of your your story of like bringing your brand to where it is now, right? You guys were scrappy. You did it like you know bootstrapped, right? And so mm-hmm. for for brands that don't have millions of dollars in funding to just like go out there and push their product and market it everywhere, right? We need to be creative with you know how we use the funds that we have. And I think you know also realizing that like even though everybody else is doing a trade show, right? Like it feels like, oh, like I, I have to do it because like, that's what you do, right? It's right. not, it's, that's not the case, right? Like there's other ways to do this. And I know that like small brands and the people that run them are some of the most creative people that I've ever met. And um, and so I think just stepping back from, from that, like both fear that like, I have to do this because everybody else is doing it or fear that like, this is, this is the only chance I have to get in front of people. Right. Um, and I think what mistake I see people make is like, okay, this is my only chance to get in front of people, but then like they just sort of show up and there's no sort of plan or strategy. It's just sort of like hope that like somebody's going to walk by the table. Right. And it's going to be your dream account. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm not saying we've made every mistake in the book, so I'm laughing in sympathy. No, like I, I really, I hear you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. And also, I just, I also want to remind you too, like inside retail ready, we do have a, uh, the, a whole module de- dedicated to in-person marketing. So, um, on trade shows, farmers markets, the pop-up events, things like that. So if you have not checked that out, um, make sure you do that. And then, yeah, I, I'm excited for this, this plan that you have lined up. Um, and I would ask you also to like, keep us posted in the, uh, in the Facebook group, let us know how it's going. 
Um, obviously, we're here to help uh, support, um, you know, your, your pitch to these brands, making sure, you know, you're asking them everything, um, everything they need to make that yes, you know, so much easier. Oh, thanks. I love the Retail Ready Group. It's really been for a food brand. It's really, it's really transformative, honestly. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, awesome. So let's wrap things up here. Um, do you want to just share with everybody where they can find you and, you know, out in the world? And Absolutely. And so our, um, <laughs> our site is delcovespices.com. Um, the company was actually named after the last street my husband and I lived on before oh, during fun. the great recession, we were forced to live apart which is how the company actually even came together. Um, we have a recipe site that is all about popcorn. So if you love popcorn and things to do with popcorn and ways to flavor popcorn and movie snacks um, uh, and kind of movie pairings for snacks, it's uh, try.delcospices.com. And we're on social media everywhere for uh, under our company name of Delco Spices. Awesome. Well, Patricia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I know this topic is top of mind for a lot of you with these summer trade shows coming up. And so I hope that you found this helpful. Um, This is the type of one-on-one coaching that we do inside Retail Ready ready for uh, for students. And so um, thank you again, Patricia, for, for joining me today. Um, and I will see the rest of you guys in the food business Facebook group for continued conversation. And I will be back in your ears next month. Bye everybody. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.